my how do i record this thing or are you recording it now <laughs> yeah that little red that little red dot's just appeared <laughs> up there <laughs> give the people what they want right let's get this show on the road okay. i'm gonna hand you straight over to amy <laughs> who's gonna give a little introduction about herself and how she got into the industry thanks andy so okay. how did I get into the industry. So my transition into fitness really was um, about eight years ago, maybe a little bit longer. Yeah, it must be eight years ago. Had a bit of a transition or shift in my social life, which meant that um, I wasn't really going out as much. A lot of my friends moved away. Um, always been a little bit of a, I'm going to say, chubbier child. So held weight in certain places genetically um so that's I, very that's very diplomatic that. Like that. very very um, diplomatic so i thought i'd use time <laughs> wisely to maybe get fit so started going to the gym um started doing some resistance training um which my body responded really well to got really into it uh started really knuckling down on my nutrition and i actually started by like leaning out by following a six week online shred program which is everything that i just hate nowadays sounds however, amazing yeah however um care to care to name it or rather no because it's actually rebranded quite a lot since <laughs> and and to be fair to the guy's credit who's run who runs it he's actually done quite a lot of good things against the diet industry um and he's doing quite a lot of th empowering things for women who have had long-term issues with diet companies. So like, you know, I think oh, cool. good things now. Um, so, but that was my real introduction into the world of nutrition, the world of macronutrients, got really good results as well as probably um, the slimmest and leanest I've ever been before I started working with yourself, Andy. Um, and yeah, got then from there. Check. Check. Well done. <laughs> from there, I. Um, Speak a bit more about that time working with me. Was that, would you say, the best experience of your nutrition life or? Can we just chill? I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Sorry. Getting Carry there. on. Carry um, on. From there, I actually went to do my level two gym instructor qualification and my level three PT. Um, so I held that alongside my full-time career, but didn't really get into it too much because I was enjoying flying. I'm, was, I am a flight attendant. Um, <laughs> circumstances. Um, no. imagine, imagine if you'd have just left that in there. I was enjoying flying. I've got a jet. I keep it up. <laughs> standard. I just take people out as and when. Jumped in the jet. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was enjoying flying. So and like um, put a lot into that as my career. So kind of benched the PT, but just still was really involved with training, resistance training, everything like that. Um, then I found CrossFit. So a lot more of a functional fitness, functional based fitness, strength and conditioning. I then got my CrossFit level one qualification. So I've been a CrossFit level one coach for just over a year. And I'm now working towards a nutrition qualification. So being a qualified nutrition coach. Um, so I should finish that in October. Um, yeah, I had a short stint a couple of years ago working with yourself for a period of three months. Which was that was a joke, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, felt I, needed, I felt I needed to reference it now. Um, which was, if, yeah. if I really wanted to get that in, I'd be, I'd be messaging you on WhatsApp at the moment. Look, if you look down at your phone, suddenly you're like, yes, Andy's really good. He's a pleasure to work with. 
no, but it's important to reference as well because um, it helped build on my own um, nutritional knowledge as well as making me a lot more aware of where my own issues with food are as well. Um, and because after we worked together, I did a lot more about food acceptance and I was a lot more aware of my own mental health about food and where that had come from and yeah. yeah and since then you've kind of been my mentor really and um yeah we catch up and chat food and, have and this this is this is kind of where this has come from right yeah. this is why because when we catch up and have a chat we just kind of talk shop and go off on all different directions so it kind of feels like yeah felt like a natural thing to do Definitely. I've got a question actually something I don't like, like this is the probably the first time I've asked you this okay. um you know at the start when you said you when you first got into training yeah I love your curious face <laughs> like oh god <laughs> where's it going with this did you go straight into resistance training so like when you decided to um to get fit and uh, so like eight years ago so were you literally like from like zero straight to the weights or was there no. like a, a progression no like um so that was when I did you ever work at that gym in Stansted, the One Life gym? Did you work there? No, no. no. Um, so that was. But I, like, I know, yeah, I know the people there, but I was yeah. just going to like your normal bog standard gym, but with involved in the um, package that I was doing online was a lot of more what we would call nowadays hit training. So a lot more yeah. kind of circuit style training. So a lot of burpees, sit ups, a lot of home workouts, which I can't believe now that I actually bring it back. Did. Because oh, <laughs> like home workouts now, the type of training I enjoy now, home workouts are just everything I despise. Like, but yeah. anyway, we'll get into that in and you know how they've been serving a purpose in a, in a while. But no, it was a lot of home workouts, a lot of burpees, a lot of circuits. There was a lot of taking screenshots of stuff off the internet, um, yeah. and doing a lot in my own time. Like there wasn't any what I would call now periodized progressive programming which we know is fundamental to any kind of strength or resistance program i very very much had newbie gains like i was i had no training age i looked at a weight and it i responded the glory, the, to it. the glory days the glory, the glory day. days glory we were all and foolish we didn't know we didn't know what we were doing exactly all of a sudden it was like, this is great if i keep this progression up yeah. And then like before be you know it, like I was doing that for three months. Before you know it, I was like, oh, I've got some muscle. But like that was coupled with resistance training and eating extremely well for three months. Um yeah. like, I know that's a lot of things that women worry about now, but they don't necessarily they might do the resistance training and the circuit and the hit side of it. Not that that's necessary to build muscle, but the nutrition stuff won't be dialed in quite as much as as to an extent as say I did back then because that was my main focus, which is why I yeah. got the results I did. So yeah. Yeah. That's that's kind of why I asked that question about the resistance training, just because when you um like just talking to people of like one of the first questions would be like, how did you get into it? Yeah. And it's so rare that anyone gets into it with resistance training even featuring normally. Like especially for women in general, not everyone, and not definitely nowadays it's shifted. But eight, ten, fifteen years ago, yeah, it's kind of yeah, it'd be a different story. I think. I, 
I actually wish I'd have done it differently and I wish I'd have paid to get a PT at the time um, because now knowing what I know about the fundamentals of movement and mechanics and progressive programming, I, I think my, my strength definitely has suffered. Like I am not strong at all, but because of the amount of muscle I've probably built already through poor form and lots of reps, I think that if I'd have actually started properly and gone progressively in line with what my body should be doing in terms of its mechanics i think that i could i would actually be a lot stronger than i am now so to be fair we're all losing our losing our gains in quarantine anyway so everyone everyone will be coming back at like a new base level when we uh, get back in the gym and we'll come back to quarantine but i'm gonna hand that question over to you um because i don't think i've ever asked that how did you get into training okay so I'll, I'll try I'll, I'll try and keep this relatively brief. Well, I went so went to uni at 19, did a sports degree, sports studies, but actually got quite into sports psychology, but also got very fat at uni. I have when I say, <laughs> Yeah, you, you know, the story, you, you're already picturing the fat head now. Um, so yeah, so after about three years at uni, I was in horrendous shape. So even though it was a sports degree, I didn't really do a ton of sport on it. Like I played a bit of football, but I wasn't training at all. So I probably didn't pick up a weight until I was 20, 22, maybe 22, okay. 23. So when I finished uni, I was in a state, I had a lot of weight to lose. So I went on a, this is exactly what I did. From uni, I kind of got the whole calories in, calories out thing. That was one benefit of, oh, well, I know how to do this. I know how to lose weight. I'll just eat 1500 calories a day, every day for three months. And that's exactly what I did. And I lost about three, three and a half stone. Um, but it was quite, uh, not just obviously like I looked a lot different, but like it was quite transformative as well because I, I kind of really got into just the, you know, like I suppose being able to like change body shape and be like, wow, I didn't know that this, this was possible in this short amount of time. I wasn't lifting at that point. I was just running and stuff like that. So I'd got, so I basically ended up looking like a small child at the end of that particular <laughs> stint of nutrition. Um, so that's how I got into it. And once I got into the gym and, and sort of lifting a little bit myself, I was actually, I quite like to learn about this. And the, the kind of the two things went hand in hand. Like if you speak to a lot of PTs, they're kind of reformed fat kids, basically. So oh. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a walking cliche in, the, in that regard. But I, so, like, so that's basically the last, that was about 16 years ago. Um, so I was PT for quite a while, quite a few years. But working one-to-one with people, what becomes apparent really quickly is that weight loss or, or losing weight, fat loss is the name of the game. And I would say from someone who comes in and who's, who's you know, morbidly obese right down to someone who's in great shape that they want to get to 8% body fat. Everyone wants that. I want to get leaner. I want to get smaller or the majority of people do. So that's when I did the, um, the International Society of Sports Nutrition. That's a mouthful. Their uh, diploma. Um, and that was probably six years ago. So for the last five or six years, it's been kind of full steam ahead with the nutrition um, alongside the PT. And they obviously go, they kind of work hand in hand. Um, but it's, I just got so frustrated with, you could get, getting someone fitter and stronger, like you said, with, with any kind of like periodized, like a fairly basic, like as long as there's progression, 
I like happy days. Someone's going to get fitter. Someone's going to get stronger, but not when someone puts a lot of effort in there and they don't have a handle on nutrition, it's the most frustrating thing for them. And you just want to, as a coach, you just want to say, look, even if you get the diet, you know, 60, 70% on track, the results will go through the roof. Yeah. So that's why I kind of, now it's very much a combination of the two. Interesting. So, so that's how I'm going. To, so short, short answer, reformed, reformed fat, fat kid. kid. My, <laughs> fat kid, my, fat kid, my good. Well, anyone that's anyone in the PT world knows that that's nothing new, really. We're all, like you said, reformed fat kids at heart, aren't we? We're all pretty, we're all pretty messed up in, in some way, shape. And, and also like, and going back to what you were saying about the, uh, you know, the guy or whoever you've got like the six week kind of shred thing from I think a lot of people come into the industry and myself included like I was all about like fat loss and how to get people to lose weight but you realize pretty quickly that so you get the, the nutrition right and brilliant they've lost the weight but then six months or a year down the line they put it back on again yeah and that's and one of the things we're going to probably speak a little bit about today is that how do you get away from six week beach body or six minute abs or anything starting with a six basically um but and that, how do you install some some kind of behavior change and some lasting change because that is that's the holy grail and it's probably also the hardest thing to achieve as well definitely and like i would completely agree and like for everything as you were speaking and saying that like six week challenge like six pack they're all very numerical and they're all very quantifiable and you're only going to have that for that short period of time. And you might have six pack abs for six weeks or even six <laughs> yeah. days if you go on an all inclusive holiday, but for yeah. the rest 60 years of your life, are you going to have those six pack abs? The trick is to get lots of photos when you've got those six pack abs. I think that's the, that's the, Definitely. that's, that's, that's the secret. Definitely. Um, Definitely. But yeah, but I, but I think that's, I suppose what you hope to do as a coach or definitely what I hope to do is you can't change, you can't change someone's complete mentality overnight. So if someone comes to you and they're like, oh, I've got a holiday that I want to get in shape for you, you can tell them what to do. And like you said, you can program, get them in a calorie deficit. And if they stick to it, they're going to get results. But what, what, what I attempt to do as a coach is, you know, drip feed the habit stuff and the behaviors and maybe delve in a little bit deeper into, you know, why are we doing this? Um, are these things because because if someone really goes hard for six weeks it's like everyone loves that in terms of the before and after picture and it's great and it is a, a i think to do it like to do it once or to be able to do it as and when isn't a bad thing as long as you recognize that you cannot do that for 52 weeks of the year so you better have a plan for the other 46 weeks of the year because yeah. otherwise you're struggling big time and also like leading into the situation we're in now you kind of need to have a bit of a contingency plan as well for when life goes a little bit all right so like throwing it back to you again like anyone that knows you through your like social media or knows you personally knows that you enjoy running so obviously being in lockdown at the moment is quite good for you because you've probably got a lot more time maybe to fit in a run during the day so I assume you're still keeping up with your running as you can as you normally would but in terms of your own personal training and diet would you mind just like giving a quick comparison in terms of like pre-corona lockdown as to current corona lockdown yeah. and how you want to transition into say 
post lockdown as well? I think the, the biggest, there's a couple of huge differences diet wise. So one of them is being at home, like with Sarah working at home as well. So actually like we, we're going to talk a bit about like positives and negatives about yeah. the, the lockdown. So a massive positive is being able to have lunch every day with, with Sarah. That's like amazing in terms of like social side of things. Exactly. But when it's like a pizza and a beer, <laughs> that's maybe not the best. It was one time. <laughs> yeah, well, I just did it. Again, just did it for the snacks. Um, so I would say part of, part of, I suppose as a PT, my days are, are pretty much, if I'm working at the gym, this is, I'm up at like five in the morning. I may or may not have breakfast depending on if I'm training, but I'll be in the gym at 6am most mornings. So I, I, I very rarely have a big breakfast just because of time and because I'm kind of straight in with clients and I, I don't need to have like, you know, like a barrel of porridge on board for that. Whereas at the moment it's like, Oh, I've got a bit, so I've got more time to prepare. So I'm probably, I'm definitely eating more in the morning um, mm. compared to what I would do normally. Um, like I say, the lunches normally I could completely suit myself. And I still could do to an extent, but like now it's a lot more of a like collaborative effort. So yeah. it's like, I'll say, what should we have today? So actually lunch and dinner are very similar now. Yeah. And so like dinner would always be the meal where we would, I would have that planned out from, um, you know, I'd know like the meals from like Monday to Thursday because we'd be eating together and doing the shop together. So it's just a natural consequence of that. Not like, oh my God, I've got to get X amount of protein and it's just nice to be able to eat together. Um, so I suppose the structure of, I'm a lot more, I'm probably more regimented being at home, I would say, in a, in, a, in a bizarre way. But it's because I know that Sarah has lunch between 12 and 1. So I'm like, well, I'll have my lunch between 12 and 1. That's way earlier than I normally would. So timings will shift a little bit. I'm definitely eating more at home just through doing like the lap of this kitchen going back around so the fridge is in front of me as we speak like I'm looking at it I couldn't I couldn't be set up in a worse position uh, to kind of, yeah so yeah I think I'm definitely eating more like a little bit of that kind of boredom eating and just being being sat down and almost like wanting to have like the coffee the drink and like something to snack on um and speaking about the running so I probably run I'm just getting back into it a bit now so at the start of the lockdown, I was ill. So that wasn't ideal. Um, so I had a bit of the, you know, whether it's corona or not, but my breathing wasn't great. And obviously being responsible, didn't want to go outside. And then um, because especially early on in lockdown, it was, I mean, I suppose it still is the same rules now, but I was, we were literally just going out once a day. Mm. So that would be maybe running with Sarah or maybe going for like a long walk and I'd sacrifice the run. Um, so I probably ran less, but now I'm just getting back into that, you know, like I was talking before we started recording now we've got the bike fitness is coming back a little bit more. So I'm slowly, I'm slowly getting there, but that's why I kind of wrote that blog last week about not, because really I'm writing to myself a lot of the time when I write this stuff, because I'm telling myself actually don't, because there is moments in time when you're thinking, oh God, like with the lifting or with the fitness, it's all going to go. When in reality, it's just it's just told off a little bit, and the moment you start lifting or running again, it it comes back. Yeah. But yeah, that was a, a pretty random answer to the question. So, um, <laughs> what, what about yourself in terms of like similarities and differences and and that um, kind of transition? Yeah. So, 
training has obviously tra changed massively. So I follow the um, CrossFit lift off, well, lift off gym training program, which is very periodized, very class based, um, lots of strength work, lots of intervals, sustainable pace work, as well as a little bit of fun stuff as well. If I'm feeling good, so I've got a week where I'm not too tired, um, my energy levels are good, I'll do a little bit of Olympic weightlifting as well. So like obviously we don't have access to a barbell. Um, Jack and I have some dumbbells in the house. Um, so I think the first week when we got put into lockdown, I was like, right, shoulders Monday, chest Tuesday, <laughs> like yeah, yeah, bodybuilder yeah. again, like bro sessions. I think I did one and I was like, nah, this isn't for me. Like I need, I said this to one of my clients the other day, I need to walk into a gym with like the Rocky theme tune playing behind me. Like I need that like motivation to train. So like, but what Liftoff did very quickly is they went on online and did a home service, which again has been periodized, but it's also been with like no, um, no weights either. So there's been a lot of um, single leg work, a lot of gymnastic yeah. work, a lot of tempo work. My push-ups are amazing now i've said that on record now so but like <laughs> honestly i adjust like, camera down yeah. um like it's it this is all the work i wish i'd have done when i started training to really build yeah. a foundation so it's been quite humbling in a way um and it's really nice as well for and i know a lot of people that will listen to this will resonate as someone who does commute and actually traveling to and from work and traveling to and from training has actually eaten a lot out, eats a lot of time out of their day doing the home workouts has been brilliant like yeah. i we we take the laptop into the into the lounge and we load up the zoom call and we're training jack literally leaves the computer and we're training together in like 30 seconds so that has been really nice um I do miss a barbell. I do miss weights, but like yourself, like that'll still be there when all this comes back. Yeah. And I'm, like I said, that this has been humbling and I know what I'm doing now will transfer through. Um, and it is that maturity and that knowledge that just because I haven't picked up a barbell or a kettlebell in six weeks, I have not lost any significant amount of muscle mass because I have been quite, I say quite uh, mindful of my nutrition. <laughs> so like, yeah, my nutrition, um, before we went into lockdown, I was tracking for no reason other than it is a bit of an emotional crutch to me. Um, I value and I, I can't even believe I'm verbalizing this I value my body image quite highly which is my own personal issue um because nobody else does that's just me and that's issues with the way that I was brought up in the household I was brought up and things that I was things that I was taught were important which being older and more mature I know it they're not however that's things that are ingrained in me and beliefs that I was brought up to believe so since lockdown 
a big education and learning point for me is learning to actually put the phone down and actually not be ruled by my fitness pal quite a lot. And what I have actually kind of learned over the last few weeks is that I know how to eat. Of course, I know how to, how to eat. I'm studying to be a nutritionist. I understand about macronutrients and I trust learning to trust my own body in terms of yeah. what it needs when it needs. There's still been a lot of lockdown baking, Andy. Don't get me wrong. Um, <laughs> Baking's gone through the roof generally, oh, I feel. I think everyone's getting involved. Yeah. Apart from I mean, me, obviously. <laughs> I just partake um, in the eating of the baked goods, not the actual baking of them. You're the taste tester, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Oh, it tastes delicious again. Keep well going. <laughs> yeah, the first few weeks, um, I was literally making so many recipes and I was really enjoying having the time to cook um which I still something I enjoy now like I really do I'm such a little like mother hen um so Jack would get a knock on the window and be like it's lunchtime come on have your lunch um amazing amazing he's uh he's eating like a king so like yeah but um Jack walks in now in the background just like (laughs) (laughs) lunchtime (laughs) No one's seen Jack for the last six weeks. What's going on? You can't move. <laughs> so yeah, I've, I've enjoyed cooking a lot. Um, yeah, I've I've learned. I think nu- nutrition in lockdown. I I'm aware of, like you say, my boredom cues. So part of the reason I love chatting to you around about this time is because around about this time is that I get bored, and when we're not in <laughs> lockdown. Andy, um, pick up the yeah, phone and, uh, and buy the cupboard. <laughs> well, um, when we're not in lockdown in the afternoon is really actually the time that I try and be out the house because yeah. I get that. And I'm very in touch with my sleep and I get that circadian rhythm dip. Haven't eaten since lunch. Tend to get a little bit bored. Know that I'm going to train. So maybe I need a little bit of pre-workout fuel. And like, yeah, this is the time that I tend to get a little bit snacky. Um so that has been difficult in lockdown that really has been um difficult and as well just mirroring the behaviors of the person that you live with as well yeah um, definitely that has transferred massively and i think i think that's maybe a good segue to get into talking to about habits and behavior change because um like Jack typically consumes a lot of his calories in the evening because he works during the day. He's very task focused and he doesn't tend to think about food. Whereas I spread my nutrition out throughout the day. So, but when we get to the evening, we've had dinner. He's like, right, what's next? What's after dinner? I want a slice of toast or I want some chocolate, blah, 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 blah. blah. And like when you're living with someone and that is the behavior that they want to do, you, you mirror their behavior. So for the first few weeks, it was it was a bit of a struggle for me in terms of having to stop my own behavior because I why is he having toast? I want toast. Why is he having <laughs> I want chocolate. Like, and knowing what is right for me, yeah, I I know that I shouldn't have been doing that. But again, when we talk about habits and behavior, is there anything that like you've noticed that maybe you do now or because you're spending more time with Sarah? Yeah, definitely. Like hundred percent. Like, so like we, this, I mean, this is essentially like habit and behavior. We're kind of in it now, right? That's because what we were talking about just there, that is, that is that in a nutshell. Cause I kind of think when I go back to training um, or working in the gym, that, that regimented like 5am get up, 
I know I'm going to be back early afternoon. I know on some days I'll be going back into the gym at like half four, five o'clock. I know I'm going to be there until later. I, so whatever I have to do, whether it's like losing weight, maintaining or gaining, I'm so used to that pattern of living yeah. that it, the food almost looks after itself. Like once you kind of know the, the what to do, then it's like create a structure around it that supports it. Well, I know that I'm pretty much fixed in these time periods. So it's, I find it easy, but that's because it's, yeah, like you said, a habit that's just been, that's years in the making. It yeah. just is what it is. Yeah. Um, in lockdown, that my complete, my, so my days, nothing, it doesn't resemble anything that it was eight weeks ago. Like the, actually, to be fair, getting clients on Zoom has, over the last three weeks, and that actually, like the last couple of weeks, especially being a bit more uh, full like full of days with, with training people online that's helped mm. because that brings a little or it's not the same because I can get to the fridge still in between clients whereas I can't do that at the gym um so that's helped bring a little bit of structure along but with with Sarah and mirroring your partner's habits so my lunch has changed and that's my decision like if I said Sarah I'm going to work she's going to be fine with that but I just like with dinner I like eating together to me this is a bonus this is like great but if I have lunch at 12 and we're having dinner at, say, half six, seven, that's a long period of time for me to go without food. <laughs> like, so that's either going to look like a couple of snacks or maybe a, like an, an extra meal going in there. Yeah. And that's just something that I've, it's one of them things that I'm conscious that I'm doing it, but I've, I've kind of let it yeah let it be it just it just is because at the moment and this is this is when i talk about people like being kind of themselves and getting in tune a little bit at the moment if i come out of lockdown a little bit heavier or not strong or not fit i'm not massively worried and i think the reason i'm not massively worried is that i know what i know my habits my long ingrained habits are going to be there like that yeah. I mean, maybe I'm in for a, a rude awakening. Maybe, maybe like, you roll lock, out the front door. Lockdown will come and it'll be like, oh shit. Because it feels like, I said this yesterday as well, to say like it feels like we're on holiday a little bit. Mm. That's what it feels like. Because having like a beer in the evening or a couple of beers, that's definitely become a habit. I've really worked hard on this to instill this during lockdown. Yeah. And I've nailed it. <laughs> I've really got it. I've got it there. Yeah, so that's um, that's that's another big difference. Like the alcohol, I can see how you know over Christmas you'll be going out loads, and, and December and even probably up to you know the first of January, there's there's a lot more social events. There's more alcohol in the house, families coming over, all that stuff. So you just drink more without thinking about it. But when you get into it, then suddenly having a glass of wine on like a Wednesday night if you've been drinking all weekend and all week, it just feels like, oh, it's just a bit of an extension. The weekend's around the corner. This will just kind of top me up through. I'm definitely in a bit of that yeah. routine at the moment. Um, but I'm pretty good, whether it's after a holiday or in January. It's not like I have this, right, I must now do a six-week, you know, intensive block. I'm just like, that needs to stop now. Yeah. And because I'm not massively fussed about it, I'm not going out and getting battered with people and stuff like that. It's literally just a couple of beers. I can knock it on the head pretty quickly. But I know like that, if people are listening to this, I know for a lot of people that is not the case. Yeah. Because yeah. that's still there, the couple of beers in the evening or the biscuit in the afternoon with a cup of tea, that's the long-standing habit. 
that's the one that hasn't really been locked down just reinforces it yeah. <laughs> it's just like Definitely. it just compounds on top Definitely. um i'm just gonna say when we we're talking about this last week and things to things that we were, we were chatting about and quite often we'll talk about working with people and and something that it always feels we come back we come back around to is we can talk we'll talk about like the maybe the programming or you know protein and all that kind of stuff but once you know it do you know what I mean you know it really the the magic is and what we end up talking about is oh I had this client with this issue how did you get around it or how did you tweak their day or what advice did you give or did you tell them to back off or go harder at it so it's not the the nuts and bolts of nutrition to us are pretty obvious and we can pass those on relatively easily you sit down with someone and you go through calories and macros you can give someone a base level understanding within you know probably a couple of sessions they're going to kind of know what to do but how they implement that with job kids commute having a row with a spouse injury not having access to a gym not being able to afford a personal track like all this stuff like that's the magic that's where it's like you when you were talking about uh, so i'll let you roll with this one sorry <laughs> longest intro ever but when you were talking about um the difference between a pt and a coach yeah you try to catch a fly or are you like queuing me in you're queuing no i was trying to catch a fly <laughs> i don't know if i got it i think i ushered it out though um yeah like completely agree with everything and i think like you say because we understand the fundamentals of nutrition we prioritize those already in our lifestyle so when things when our environment changes we make those things a priority to build our habits around those things but even we have been able to step back and notice how our own habits have changed so like in it's it's really it's really difficult when you don't understand nutrition you know you want to eat healthily but then suddenly your whole routine gets absolutely blown out the water and you're given and all these different cues of you know because hunger isn't just like a physical like need to eat because you're going to die a hunger is oh my god that pizza smells amazing i want a bit. <laughs> so like yeah. you know there's a different cues that we have for hunger and the, the, the fact is now that we are in an environment that is constantly queuing into our non-behavioral instincts to eat so the fact is we might over consume and working with a coach as opposed to just buying a six-week shred off the internet like working with a coach is someone that understands that and someone that can be like right talk me through your day talk me through your habits talk me through your routines okay let's sit back have a look at that where do you think you can make the changes because yeah. we cannot sit here you know i'm a 33 year old only child and i live with my 36 year old man child <laughs> like i don't know the stresses of a you know a ceo from a corporate company that travels commutes to work every day on a train has three kids you know yeah. also has a dog um like i you know uh, has a mum in hospital like i don't understand what that person's life looks like so who am i to sit here 
someone who's paying me for my services and say, right, do you know what you need? You need um, <laughs> yeah. grams of protein a day. You need six <laughs> meals. You need to chug a shake and you need to resistance train and Olympic weightlifting because that's my preference. So you need to do that three times a week. Like yeah. no one is going to stick to that. Absolutely no one. And like, I think, I think I said it to someone else. Like I did it to myself when we started in lockdown. I was like, I'm going to run. I'm going to run four times a week four times a week that's what i'm going to do i'm going to run yeah. and it's setting ourselves those unrealistic expectations so like when i work with clients i'm like right okay what are the areas you think you can change your habits or behaviors to a more positive one okay i think i can do this behavior all right how many times do you think you can do that a week five times okay that's great i love your enthusiasm realistically with everything you've got going on at the moment yeah you can commit to that five times I'm like, oh okay maybe three perfect let's go for three and then the next week three is a win if you've done more than yeah. three incredible why set yourself these unrealistic expectations of behavior change and habits when you're you know think about yourself as an entirety i always think i always like to think think like you're talking to your best friend and like how would you talk to them we are always so much harder on ourselves than we are on other people and i don't know if you get this with your clients but your clients are probably their own worst critic like have you yeah, found 100%, that 100 percent. Yeah. yeah yeah most and the, and the thing is if it's the, the the classic line is it's simple but it's not easy yeah. and and there's a reason why people struggle with it mm. like it's common like the common thing is people do struggle with whether it's eating healthy or sticking to a gym routine or exercise on a regular basis whatever it, it may be so that x like we're kind of yeah drifting a little bit but this is this is such an important um, aspect as well like the expectation like you hit the nail on the head if someone kind of goes in the enthusiasm when someone comes in in that initial consultation and this is something i say loads if i could bottle that consultation I would yeah. to be able to just kind of sprinkle it in when it's Friday night and like Domino's is calling or whatever, because you cannot maintain that level of focus and um, yeah, motivation for the want of a better word, because it's fleeting. It comes and goes. See, if you rely, if you rely on, I'll go how I feel, I'll probably be fine. I'll probably be able to train five days a week. That ain't going to happen or it might happen for a few weeks and then it, then it starts to fall off. Um, and in terms of people beating themselves up, that tactic of someone says, I can do five, you say two, and actually they might end up doing three. If you, so that you could have exactly the same week of output, but if they're expecting to do five and they hit three, they're gutted. Yeah. They're like, oh, yeah. well, I've, I've fell two sessions short. Like I've barely managed to get three. That's, you know, and then it's, I'm shit. I can't do this. Why can someone else train five days? Why can't I be more like them? Oh, I'm never going to do it. And that is like, that is the spiral going down. It's the binge repeat cycle. It's the feelings of failure that then lead into the, I'll start again Monday. I'll start again Monday. But like, I want to, like you said something earlier, I think before we started recording about like, um, no, maybe like, oh, but it's this, I'll shred for the holiday. Like I'll get fit for the holiday. That yeah. is fine. Like you say, take as many photos as you want on the holiday. But are you, why are you doing this? Why are your habits and your behaviors something that you can maintain 
for a long period of time. If it's yeah. a holiday is the reason that gets you started, like you say, bottle that motivation, keep it. But you need to start building your life around things that associate yourself with being a healthier individual you know what does that individual look like what does their day look like if you want to have those six pack abs all year round what does that person's day look like and can you actually be that person in a year's time with everything that is involved in their day yeah. it's can 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 you be that person and also and do you want to be that person because yeah. what 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 i will give the six like when when people do like you know train for the photo shoot or train for like the beach holiday or whatever it may be one thing that i think is useful out of that well there's a few but like one that i, that I quite like is that you've taught someone or someone's gone through the process of whether it's counting calories where they've definitely had to reduce their calorie intake they've probably had to train a bit harder they've definitely had to turn down um food opportunities they've had to be more selective they've had to think about it so they may have spent six weeks walk in the walk of someone who um, or definitely adopting some of those habits that you would say you're going to need to do over the long term and I think what a, a successful client to me will be someone who maybe does that there's a little bit of a rebound you know you go on holiday whatever you can't keep it up forever but maybe you don't if you revert completely back to, to, to day one it's like you've learned nothing yeah Whereas if you're like, do you know what? I don't want to count. I can't. I don't want to count calories the rest of my life. But actually, that that habit I got into of eating protein three times a day, and actually save maybe saving my calories for the evening meal. Those little things, you know, not having takeaways four days a week. Actually, I'm just going to do one day a week now. That's what you're looking for. Yeah. And definitely. the 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 all or nothing temptation is huge. And, yeah. and you have to realize that if you do like a, a, if you go really aggressive, it's like the rubber band being pulled and it's going to go. But then what happens after that? Yeah. Because trying to go from six weeks, so it's kind of like six week shred, six month kind of binge blow up. And I think this comes, this is a, this is like probably another, another episode of this but I think a lot a big part of that is what you are training for and why you're doing it and if it's for the six-week holiday you'll probably end up back where you started if you're training for health and I want a lifestyle like this um that's that's hard to instill it you can't make someone want to be healthy it's not and I actually think people people should be a little bit more honest with it because a lot if it's all about looks well, if when winter comes, we're all covered up, we've got hoodies and jackets on. Exactly. What happens then? Like health just goes out the window. It's so true. So true. And like once one, I would say one positive thing about the Corona situation is if you can use it to your advantage to make things easy for when you go back to work, and when you and you want to be a healthier person, if this has made you realize that you do want to be that more balanced, healthier person, this is a great time to start building in those habits. Um, so when you go back to work, things are easier, like, you know, food prepping and, you know, planning meals in advance. And, you know, we can't just nip out to the shops four times a week like we probably were doing before. So maybe it is better to actually plan a, have a proper shopping list and know what you're going to make in advance. Yeah. These, 
these foundations you lay down now, like you say, habits, atomic habits, make things easier for yourself. People see planning things as an absolute faff, but it's, it's not a faff. You're making your life easier in the long run. Like this is I, I, be seen I think a benefit versus like, you know, effort versus reward. Yeah. Yeah. When I think of um, food prep, I think of like six or seven Tupperware dishes all in a row and uh, broccoli rice chicken all that kind of stuff when actually food prep in the real world is taking 10 minutes to <laughs> plan your evening meals for the week it doesn't have to be every last gram of every last meal written down it's just something simple like have i got snacks or healthy snacks in the cupboard so like when i do hit that slump in the afternoon or pre-bed there's something i can eat it's going to just satisfy me so i don't feel deprived but it's going to keep me within like calorie balance or not completely blow the entire day. And that doesn't, that doesn't take that long. Again, it's just, it's that if it becomes habit, then it's, it's like, it's like brushing your teeth. It's just something you do on like a, for us, it's something we do on a Saturday or Sunday, you know, go online, add stuff to the basket. Oh, what do you want that night? Oh yeah, let's have chicken, whatever, whatever. It's not particularly difficult, but it's just, it's cultivating a bit of time. And when you were talking about, I'm very wary of the fact that like, or neither of us, we haven't got children, we haven't got families and we haven't got that additional, um, I suppose, stress to think about thinking of other people. So we can very much please ourselves, but the, whether you, that 10 minutes is when the children go to bed or whether it's first thing in the morning or whether it's whenever, like if it means something to you, you'll make it happen. Like if, if it becomes a kind of priority, you'll, you'll find a way of doing it. Um, and that knock on effect is huge. If you can, if you get into that. The, the easiest way to tie things like that in is just tie it into something you're already doing. So if you're already cooking mm. an evening meal, just make double the, double the amount, you know, and then you've got a little bit more there for the next day for like lunch, let's say, or, you know, portion it out and freeze it. So next time you are short on time, because there's always going to be times you're short on time, then it's there, you can grab it. But like use, I, I don't like saying use this time in lockdown wisely, because I think we've all got a lot of pressure on ourselves at the moment. Every time you go on social media, it's like, do this, learn this skill. You could you know, like read 10,000 books. Like, what, haven't you learned a language yet? Fuck off. Like, <laughs> Come on, sort you, yourself out. <laughs> yeah. Literally, that is my response. Like, you know, I'm too busy being stressed with all the other things we've got to think about. Like, there is a lot of stress in our lives, you know? Um, but yeah, like, laying these foundations in this time is really important. But there's something you, you mentioned, like, back in, like, one of the previous monologues um, that I, I think we should... Maybe on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe come back to in a next episode, which is um, how are we defining health? Um, I yeah, think that's huge. a real key one. Um, yeah, I think, we'll, I think we should maybe shelve that and use that for the next time. Book, bookmark that for the next, uh, next instalment. One, one quick point before we move it on. Uh, so I'm, I'm very much like you, I'm conscious of telling people to do anything at the moment. Yeah. Don't you think? Because I, so I, I think, and I, again, I've written a little bit about this, but if, if, you, if it's too much at the moment, don't, don't feel like you have to. And I think people think like, yeah, like learning a language. I say that as a joke, but like, we've all seen the things coming through on Facebook, like learn a language, learn a new skill, do this, do that. But I'm talking, we're talking really about 
quite like things that will translate over to when lockdown finishes. Oh, so it's not like you've got to learn a whole new baking repertoire. We're talking about making a shopping list or which might be something that you've had to do because the supermarkets have limited how much stuff you can get. So actually suddenly now it becomes, you've actually had to think about it for the first time. So does that translate over? But this all comes with a massive caveat of, <laughs> you can't be asked, don't worry about it. This yeah. is all like, if you're interested in it, if you want to do it, then these are things that I think like we both think are, are hugely important. Um, and it does get you thinking a bit beyond, I want to lose 10 pounds, I want a six pack, I want to do this. And that's the thing, a lot of people sometimes don't know where to start. Like, so they, you know, that's the why, that's why they do go for these prescriptive meal plans, exercise regimes, because they are told what to do. And it yes, makes- black and white, bump, bump. Yeah, it makes it easy. However, they're not, I, d I don't want to use the word educated because I, sometimes I think it sounds patronizing, but they're not, um, they don't become associated with the behaviors. That's the problem. They become, they become a product of a prescriptive plan, which ultimately when it ends, that's it. What now? They need to become yeah. a product of the behaviors and the habits they create in order to fulfill a healthy lifestyle so that's the difference between being a pt let's say and being a coach i've got i've got an agenda here and everything <laughs> i love the the last one on this list is literally just in capital letters rant yeah. <laughs> all right let's make this short and sweet because i'm conscious of uh of time if people are going to spend time either watching this which would be wonderful if they do um, Nothing better to do, have they? Come on, Andy, the floor is yours. I'll tie it back to Corona, as that's where we started, and people just haven't had enough coronavirus chat <laughs> over the last six weeks. Okay. But the thing I wanted to rant about specifically with coronavirus, because the diet industry never misses a trick to try and uh, either make people feel bad or instill a little bit of fear. There was a post that came up, uh, which was along the lines of kind of bulletproof yourself against Corona, and it was like, blueberries provide antioxidants that do this avocado to the, and it was just basically like a list of like perfectly good healthy foods wouldn't put you off eating them probably should be in the diet but they're linked to curing coronavirus i mean there isn't one right surprise spoiler it doesn't work you can eat all the blueberries you want and then there's a link to like um there's a link to this website and you go through to the website. Cause I always, I, I can't help myself. I'm like, well, see what these people are about. And inevitably you go on there and it, there's a big sales pitch and there's a load of supplements that they sell and immune function boosters and all this other stuff. And then there's a load of kind of testimonials and it's, wow. and the thing is, if you read through it, I've kind of become almost desensitized to it. You can, you, you'll see them like you'll see them on like your, your timeline and you're just like, bollocks, 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 bollocks. And every once in a while, I'll have a. And when it, whenever I see anything particularly bad, I'll be like, "What, what, what are they up to?" And inevitably, it's some kind of like money-making scheme to sell supplements to people by instilling enough fear into them. So you read their post about, "Oh, eat healthy fruits and vegetables," and then when you go through, it's like, "Yeah, do that." But also, we've got this other immune booster, five thousand anti-corona super gel that we want you to spread on your toast, and that's gonna that's gonna cure you. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And they do this with, I'm not going to completely go off on one now, but they do this with, um, like, as a, I remember hearing this on a podcast and it's horrendous. Like, it's not even funny, but 
people if you put something with like cancer in the title it gets clicked on oh. because the chances are you will know you know you'll know someone close that has suffered or you'll know someone at the moment and what it does is if you see something something cures cancer you know turmeric shots or beetroot juice whatever it is people they're so and in this situation at the moment like people are so frightened and they want hope and oh my god if i this this might be the answer i mean those people that are uh, pitching that stuff know that and that's what they do and i can't stand it and it's just it, it, it's the absolute like worst of the worst that's the worst of the industry pretty much and it's it's so common and it, it, the thing is like i think this this period in time is kind of i'd like to think it's rooting them out a little bit but the fact that they're still there and in the next pandemic they'll still be there and you have yeah. to question like this is the one thing like you say about this industry, like why isn't it more heavily regulated? Like why do these people, how are they allowed to get away with it? Like I was having an Instagram conversation with someone the other day and she's, um, she's a yoga teacher and she was getting the same things. Like this profile on Instagram was putting out, I'll oh, do this yoga pose and it will um, help you lose weight. Like amazing. You amazing. <laughs> Yeah, you you stand in you sitting down with dog for like eight hours, you'll lose weight. Like it's just moronic, and like there's no regulation. Be right back. I'm yeah. Going to hit it down with dog. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's no regulation about these things, and it's just it's it just makes me it makes me really really sad because there's we're not critical enough in our thinking to actually question these things. You know, critical enough as a society to question these things to actually be like hang on a minute yeah. and, it's, and it's important to state like the reason why and we we all fall victim to to this online whether it's that kind of confirmation bias or you know you see you get that little echo chamber on your timeline you start seeing the same things or you see something a lot and suddenly it kind of like it plants a seed and then it's it becomes something you believe the only reason that we can be so adamant with nutrition or training is that we've been trained in it and we've spent years studying it. So, so when it comes up to us, it's like, oh, well, that's rubbish. Yeah. But I, I remember doing, doing a, uh, one of like the first presentations I ever did. And I went in all guns blazing, pitching it to, as if I was pitching to like wannabe nutritionists. Yeah. And the, the, the best lesson from that was, oh, I need to focus on the basics here. And that's not meant to be like you said, patronizing or disparaging, but, you cannot assume that people know what you know and actually their ability to distinguish between so that something like that's pretty extreme, like, you know, broccoli or whatever is going to cure coronavirus. But there are ones that kind of like, Oh, well, if you just have this, uh, what's a good one, like green tea, green tea will help with fat loss. Right. So a lot of studies on that. And like, you know, early on there was kind of some, Oh, actually maybe it has like a tiny, tiny effect, tiny, tiny, you wouldn't be able to measure that on the scales. You're not going to be able to measure it in the mirror. So buying like a 30 quid green tea extract, whatever, is not doing anything. Nah. But if, if, if people who are, you know, money orientated want to go that way, then they'll be like, brilliant. We've got that one study. We can say it's like a back by science. Push that out. Get a few fake testimonials. Get a few before and afters. And people see that and they're like, oh my God, this is the secret. This is that magic bullet that I've, I've been looking for. And it's... 
yeah, it's, it's tough. It's like, it's like you're continually fighting against, you're swimming against the tide. That's what it feels like. The bad thing is there's always somebody who will want that. So yeah. um, I think that's a lovely place to end. On green tea extract green and tea fat extract. burning. <laughs> yeah. Absolute pleasure, Absolute. as always. Um, so yeah, I think next time if we delve into like what is healthy, stay tuned. I mean, something will annoy me in the next week on social media, so don't worry. <laughs> but, I mean, that, that material bank is just, that's just over, uh, overflowing with gems. Uh, I think I will come up something for next time for sure, but thanks cool. for watching. Thanks. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> Take it easy, mate. Bye. See you later. Bye. Well done you for making it this far. Fair play to you. It's been a long road. Um, while you're here, we could use your help. So me and Amy hope to do these on a weekly basis. We'd quite like to give it a name. Um, something catchy, something funny, something that hasn't been used already in iTunes would be ideal. But if you have any ideas, please stick them in the comments box below. And that goes for any questions as well. So if anything that we spoke about today and you're not sure about or you'd like us to clarify or even ideas for future podcasts, please stick them in the comments. That'd be great. Thank you very much for your time and enjoy the rest of your week.